Welcome to the Small Bowler Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who is very sore from his turkey bowl, Brand Siegel. How you doing? I'm doing quite well. I, I am a little bit sore. Um, but here's the thing. I, I, just a little story time for anyone who's who's listening. It's potentially in my fantasy football league and my hometown friends. Um, last year in our turkey bowl, I plan our turkey bowl every year, and last year uh, I... Uh, I, I didn't have the best quarterbacking performance. I normally play quarterback, and I didn't have the best performance. And this year before, I was compared to Brandon Whedon. And I took that, as Michael Jordan says, I took that very personally. And I let everyone know there that I was compared to Brandon Whedon. And this time, 14 touchdowns for me, which might sound like a lot. We went to 15 touchdowns. So it was 15 to 11 was the final score. Um, but mm-hmm. I, I helped my team win the game. I Look, I'm, it wasn't me who said this. But I was named MVP. I'm just saying it wasn't me. I wasn't the one that said it, but I was named MVP. So uh, big shout out to my friends Ryan and Harrison. They, they're the ones that coined the Brandon Whedon term because they they electrified this performance, this this just demolishing uh, performance. Uh, so thank you for the Brandon Whedon insult because that I took that very personally. Michael Jordan taught me a lot in that documentary. Um, and I took it very personally. Uh, a man who helped me warm up for the Turkey Bowl. I, I was thrown with him the week before uh, is, of course, Ben O'Brien. Ben, how are you? So you had 14 touchdowns, so you didn't let anyone else on your team play quarterback? That seems very selfish to me. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, but Ben, here's the thing. When you're wheeling and dealing like that, I mean, no one else can play quarterback. So I just, I, I think if, if you were a true touchdown, team player. I should then. say we had 15, right? The 15th touchdown, I ran in. So, so you're not a team player? So you're the guy that just wants to be all-time quarterback? Interesting. You're like the worst kind of person to play with that. I will say, I, I, I will say, my teammates, I'm shouting them out on the podcast. Yeah, I'm not going to say the last names. I don't know how much they, they want me to, you know, whatever. But Andrew, Jarrett, uh, Noah, uh, and um, uh, who was our last teammate? Greg. Um, they all were excellent teammates, and they they helped my great performance. They I, Without them, it would not have been nearly as great. Um. And they, they all played very, very well. Uh, so, no, I am a team player, Ben. I am a team player. Um, I will say they did a lot more running than I did because I was I was guarding the quarterback and playing quarterback. So I did a lot less running than them. So I I genuinely, if they weren't on my team, it would be way worse. A lot, a lot worse things would have happened. So, Ben, there you go. That's, that's So what, what are you there, sore from then? If you just stood there and played quarterback, how are you sore? Yeah, so my legs aren't sore. My legs are fresh. They're fine because I didn't run that much. It's my shoulders and, like, back and arm and stuff. Hmm. Interesting. From throwing. Yeah, yeah, it's not like you had a real I tough day. I threw a day. lot. I mean, we, I was probably throwing. I probably threw the ball like a, a hundred times maybe. Yeah, real tough day for you. Mm. How many picks it, you throw? It was. It was. Ben, you wouldn't be able to do, you wouldn't be able to do anything like what How I How many did. picks you throw? You just don't have the athletic. Um, I did throw two picks. There you two go. Two picks. Oh. Yeah. Yep. Two picks. Uh, interesting. Two picks. That's a pretty good ratio. 14 touchdowns to two picks. That's a seven to one. It's pretty you know? solid. You throw me in the 49ers offense. I'm, I'm wheeling and dealing. We're winning a Super Bowl. <laughs> I don't know about that one. The three games Brock Purdy lost, I'm winning. No. Pretty confident no. on that. Definitely not true. Yeah. I, I mean, it, we it, look, you throw me where Brock Purdy is, I, I, could, do, I could do a better job. I, I, think, uh, I think, frankly, anyone could do a better job. Um, but look, that's not what we're talking about at this exact moment. Uh, we have quite an exciting podcast episode to get to today. First, we got to start in Feast Week, Trevor, um, and a lot of notable games uh, on, on, that were on the docket. Uh, this past week, so many actually. There were so many entertaining games. Um, so what what were you know some of the results that you were looking at? And what were some of the thoughts you had? 
Yeah, so there were, you know, some really good tournaments. I think the the most notable ones, the Maui Invitational, the Maui, it's it's always fantastic, always playing and, you know, playing out in Hawaii. And there were some really good teams. Honestly, this might have been, it might have been the best Maui field that we've actually ever had because we had uh, Purdue, Marquette, Kansas, Tennessee, uh, four teams ranked in the top seven in this tournament. Also had Gonzaga, who was ranked 11th. So it was just a fantastic tournament. Um, I watched quite a few of these games, and Purdue ended up coming on top. Coming out on top, they did win the tournament um, with wins over Gonzaga, Tennessee, and Marquette. Um, you know the championship game in particular that was such an incredible basketball game. Watching it, Purdue ranked number two in the country. Marquette ranked number four. Purdue ends up getting the win, seventy-eight to seventy-five. And this felt like it was like a like a Final Four type game, championship game. It felt like that type of the game because this game was very competitive. Purdue had the lead for the majority of the game. Marquette tried to make a late comeback. Um, you know, they they played some good defense. Obviously, Zach Eady, uh, you know, the the front runner for National Player of the Year, had a big game for Purdue. He had 28 points, 15 rebounds. And that was kind of one of the that was one of the big things that uh kind of hurt Marquette is they don't really have anyone to kind of match that type of size i mean zach Eady's like seven foot four so it's kind of hard to guard someone like that uh and he was active on the glass and just had a really good game you know he's been he's been awesome and i think we are starting to see some growth from these purdue guards last year they were led by two freshman guards that was something i was worried about with purdue all year we saw them lose obviously to a 16 seed and then ncla tournament farley dickinson because of i think their uh, guard play that wasn't so great and it's something that I'll be watching um, the entire year just to kind of see like Braden Smith and Foster Loyal Lawyer the uh, sophomore backcourt that this team has like how how will they continue to grow because yeah Zach Eady he's going to be great that's kind of expected but you, you got to have good guards you got to be able to you know shoot well and take care of the ball and sometimes they get a little turnover happy um so i'm going to be watching that but they did play pretty well overall in this one and throughout the tournament brain smith had 18 points in this one so he played well um and i've been impressed i've also been impressed by this marquette team because i think that they have um a really good guard in tyler kolick one of the best guards in the country he's a senior um a lot of people have been saying he's like the college steve nash um in terms of his play style he's very fun to watch and you know they have guys like cam jones who's a really good like slasher uh, solid guard and uh, one of their forwards, um, Oso Igadaro, who's also a really solid player, 6'11 senior. So Marquette's another really good team that's, you know, to watch out for. And you also have Tennessee in there. You have Kansas. Um, you know, Tennessee and Kansas played each other in that third place game. Kansas got the win there, 69-60. So just a really great uh, Maui Invitational. Uh, I couldn't have really asked for much more. Um, but Ben, I'll, I'll throw it to you. Uh, did you have any thoughts on, I guess, just in general about the Maui Invitational? Yeah, Purdue, in my opinion, Trevor, Purdue has two options for this year to be considered a successful season. The first option is they get the one number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament and they lose in the first round to a 16th seed again. That, that'd be great. That'd be a successful season. The other alternative is the only other thing that they can do to be successful is to win the national championship. So as long as Purdue either loses in the first round, which is very likely because that's what they do, or they win the national championship, um, it's a successful season. Anything else is a very unsuccessful season, and they're just back to being Purdue. Okay, because this is what Purdue does, right? They look really good in the regular season. The crazy thing is, though, it's November, so it doesn't really matter at this point. 
by the time it comes to March, they're going to be the number one overall seed, and then all of a sudden their guards are going to start playing like garbage, and Zach Eadie's going to look like he doesn't know how to play basketball again, and then they're going to lose to a team that no one's ever heard of again. So I cannot, I cannot sit here and talk about how impressed I am with Purdue because they do it every year. Um, this, is, this is what they do. Um, talk to me when they win, like, I don't know, more than like one NCAA tournament game, and maybe, maybe I'll be impressed, Trevor. But for now, I, I will not tolerate you, uh, you hyping up Purdue because um, the standard is, is very different for them compared to other teams. Yeah, it's tough. Um, I, I will say that, you know, the Virginia Cavaliers in, in 2019, the year after they were beaten by a 16 seed, the first time it had ever happened at that point, did go on to win the national championship the following year. So uh, that I don't know. I don't know if Purdue can do the same thing Virginia did, but that did happen. So we will see. I, I still, again, like I said, I, I still have some reservations about this Purdue team because of the guard play, but I was pretty impressed from what I saw in the Maui uh invitational so we'll see going forward with purdue i still really love the the marquette team of, as i have told you guys as well um kansas is a team who yes they have hunter dickinson he's looked great but they seem to have some of their flaws they don't really have a, t- a lot of depth their starters are really solid but i think kansas's depth is lacking a little bit we saw marquette handle them pretty easily um and then tennessee's another factor obviously they're a solid team um, did get beat by Kansas. Again, these teams play when you're in a tournament like this, you play like games, like three straight days. So it seemed like both teams were pretty tired, uh, especially Tennessee. So that had a factor there. But other than that, um, a couple of the other tournaments that I wanted to kind of talk about, uh, one of which was the battle for Atlantis. We saw Villanova win this one. Um, they had a win over Memphis in the championship game that was after beating, uh, North Carolina, in a overtime game, and that was actually the first time Villanova and North Carolina have met since the incredible national championship game in 2016. Uh, Villanova obviously getting the win in the championship game. They win again against North Carolina. North Carolina failed to get revenge, so good tournament win for Villanova. And then the last one I wanted to mention is UConn winning the Empire Classic, getting a win over Texas. UConn, the, the, the national champions, they return, obviously, they lost Jordan Hawkins. They lost some key pieces to that championship team, but they're still talented. They still have a lot of good players. Tristan Newton, Donovan Klingon, uh, Alex Caraban, he was really good in that Texas game I watched. So they're still a factor. UConn's very much in the mix. They're undefeated right now, and they look really good. But uh, those are my main thoughts. Um, Brandon, I guess before we move on, is there anything that kind of stood out to you about any of these uh, tournaments we had? Yeah, I mean, you actually, you mentioned this. I don't know if this is necessarily a tournament, but you mentioned this before the podcast. Creighton, number eight in the nation, losing to Colorado State by it, 21 points. Yeah. By counter-covering. That's crazy. Do you, what happened in this game? Also, uh, one last thing I got to mention. Obviously, I have to mention no. this. Michigan State, no. three and three. No. Complete disappointment. It's early, Brandon. It's still uh, November. Complete disappointment. It's so funny. It's still November. Every, every Huh? They played a tough. Yeah, yeah. They did. You they Michigan fans wouldn't wouldn't un- wouldn't understand what a tough schedule looks like. No, no. This is just uh, just every time I I say this all the time. Every time Michigan State loses, we all win as a society. It just everyone wins across the board, including people in Michigan State because they understand that they stink. So it, look, three and three in the month of November, uh, for for Michigan State is is a wonderful one. But let's go back to the topic at hand. Colorado State Creighton is Colorado State just sneakily good. I mean, Colorado State's definitely a good team for sure. Like the Mountain West has quite a few really solid teams, including, you know, Colorado State, San Diego State, 
Um, you can even look at maybe like Boise, although they have two losses to start. But this is a, a really solid conference overall. And Colorado State is is a good team. However, if you're Creighton, I mean, you cannot let this happen. I mean, they got out-rebounded in this game by nine. Um, they actually shot 28% from the field, Creighton did. So pretty abysmal shooting performance there. And yeah, I mean, Colorado State just really handed it to them. So credit to the Rams. All right, why don't we uh, get to college football? Because I've been itching to talk about some college football. Because there was a pretty big game that happened this past weekend, and I can't there wait was. to talk about it. Huge game. Um, yeah, there was. There Alabama, was. Auburn. Yeah. I, yeah, Alabama, Auburn, which was a, probably a better game than the one Way I'm going to talk game. about. Um, I, I unfortunately didn't catch that game, but I, I know, Ben, you said it, the game was amazing. But let's talk about Michigan-Ohio State for a minute, because I have a lot of thoughts I want to talk about. Beginning of this year, I talked about how I think Michigan is the best team in the country and they're going to wipe the floor with Penn State and Ohio State. Um, did my prediction come true? Not exactly. No. Uh, Penn State still stinks. That is that is true. They are not that good. Definitely not as good as their, their rating, ranking was at the start of the year. Ohio State, let's talk about the good for Ohio State. They have progressively as a team got way better throughout the year. If Michigan played Ohio State when they played Penn State three, four weeks ago, whenever it was, I think this Michigan would have beaten them by 21. But Ohio State has progressively looked better. McCord's looked better. It seems like the coaching has been more on par. We go into this Michigan game. Michigan doesn't have their head coach. Michigan has, I wouldn't say struggled, but they've they've uh, played around with their opponents the last couple of games. They definitely haven't been quite as good as they were in the first eight games. Um, in the first eight games, uh, Michigan, not that their run offense was bad, but they really relied heavily on McCarthy and their pass offense. And that really is what carried them through those eight games. The last three games, McCarthy has struggled when Sharon Moore has switched over to being head coach and offensive coordinator, and the run game has become more prominent. We saw in the Ohio State-Michigan game right off the bat that Ohio State, they made a big deal to stop the run. They really, really wanted to not get the run going. Um, and in the first half, they they definitely did a pretty solid job. Honestly, overall for the entire game, they did a pretty solid job. Michigan ran the ball almost 40 times, 39 times, and they averaged four yards a carry, which is still solid, but definitely not Michigan standard for running. Um, so they did an overall pretty solid job uh, on the rushing attack. Uh, so I, I think that's the good for Ohio State. The bad is they weren't the better team on the football field there today. Um, or yesterday, or probably this whole year, or really the past three years, they're not the better football team. Um, and and I, I would say I, I did not expect, I expected going into the game that this game would be closer. I actually, uh, I had a friend here watching, I predicted 27-21, so I got the six points right. Um, I thought Michigan would win 27-21, so my prediction was close. Um, but Ohio State definitely hung around in this game. They really did a good job hanging around. McCord is not good enough to, I mean, like really win this game. I thought he played fine. He didn't, I wouldn't say he played horrendous. He just played fine. He, it's not good enough to win, but he played fine. Um, uh, and their offense did have a couple drives, especially in the second half. McCord played way better. I mean, he was like four for 10, uh, in, in yeah, the first half. First and then half. the second half, he played way better and they were moving the ball in the second half. And I was very nervous at a point in time where I'm like, oh, you know, we're getting to a part where Ohio State's really moving down the field. Michigan's defense can't really stop them at this point. So they were definitely in the game. Ultimately, what it came down to is that uh, the, the best player on the football field uh, was on the other side of the ball uh, that day. Uh, and well, I will say Marvin Harrison's the best. He's the best player on the field. Um, but the best quarterback on the field was J.J. McCarthy. He did a, a, a marvelous job in this game. He played almost perfect football, in my opinion. There's, I don't understand. Everyone seems to think that 
McCarthy is just like surrounded around these like amazing players. And that's why he's playing well. And he's definitely surrounded around some good talent. I'm not trying to say he's not. Um, but there's a reason he's mocked in first rounds of drafts. He's a very good talent. And he showed they had to win this game off off throwing. They could run the ball a little bit, but they, it's not like they ran the ball exceptionally well. They ran they ran solid, but it wasn't like crazy. Um, and they had to win off McCarthy making some very difficult throws. We saw obviously the touchdown. That was probably the premier throw of the day for McCarthy. He put it in literally the perfect spot for it to be a touchdown. Whether that touchdown was a fumble or not, I don't really know. It was close. Um, I thought the officiating was fine in this game. And uh I, I think ultimately this Michigan is the better team, and I still will die on the hill that they are the best team in the country, and I think that they have a very, very, very solid shot at winning the national championship. i also like to point out, we've heard a lot about Michigan stealing signs, and that's how they beat Ohio State. Jim Harbaugh is not going to be there. The odds were not stacked in uh, in Michigan's favor this game. And they probably were still stealing signs. They probably, well, probably I don't know how they were doing game. that because Ohio State didn't, they didn't do signs in the game. Um, and the, the, their head coach isn't there. The, the, the odds were, were against them uh, in terms of the, the uh, alter, alternative conditions of the game, head coach not being there. Apparently, the stealing signs is a really big deal, and now they can't do it. Oh, my God, how do they beat Ohio State? Uh, it's just because they're better. That's why. They're just the better team, and they won the game, and that's that. And there is my little rant on Ohio State, Michigan. And it's okay, Ohio State fans. You can cry. It's okay. It's not. It's not that big of a deal. It's the three P. You've lost three years in a row. I know this is your Super Bowl, uh, so it's unfortunate you guys lost. Um, but you know, this is how it feels to be the uh, the little brother in the uh, in the rivalry. Trevor, what are your thoughts on this game? You got to watch this with a ton of Ohio State fans. Um, I'm sure that they weren't happy. Uh, what, what were your thoughts on this game? Um. Yeah. I mean. First of all, Kyle McCord threw an abysmal interception in the first quarter that got them playing from behind the entire game. I think that really helped Michigan a lot. And um, from then on, Ohio State was constantly playing catch-up. And, like, Ohio State's running game did have some success, but when you have to rely on McCord to, you know, try to get you back in the game, he had to throw it a little bit more than I think you would have hoped if you were Ohio State. You'd, I think you'd rather try to rely on the running game than, than to have just to rely, rely on Kyle McCord trying to bring you back in the game. But they, to some extent, had to do that. Um, and it was tough. I mean, he he did throw that interception. He had another bad play that was almost an interception. Luckily, uh, Stover knocked the ball down and bailed out his quarterback on that play. But um, he played better in the second half, I will say. Kyle McCord did step up a little bit more in the second half. He had some good throws. He had one over the top to Stover. He had a nice touchdown throw. Um, and, he, and he played better. But overall, I think that... You know, these teams were very, I, I, again, I still think they were pretty evenly matched. Michigan was, again, a little bit better. That's the reason they won. And McCarthy's a better quarterback than McCord. That's probably the separator there. Um, Ohio State also missed a key field goal right before halftime. Um, you know, the, the kicker took the practice when he made it. They iced him. Um, and I think we were talking about this. I, I forget if, or actually, I might have been talking about this with Devin yesterday. But, like, I don't understand why kickers, and I don't know, maybe some people think it doesn't matter, but those practice kicks, like, don't even take it. Just, like, walk away. I know I see a lot of NFL kickers who, like, won't even take them. They'll just walk away um, because he made that one, and then they iced him. He goes, and he misses the second one, Um, you know, and that was obviously – it was important because Ohio State was in a position where they were down um, at one point 10 points and then, uh, you know, six. It could have been a field goal game instead where – 
Ohio State would have been able to, you know, force overtime there if they would have been down 30 to 27. But they didn't have that. They had the bad interception that set Michigan up for success. And that was kind of the difference. It was really a couple plays. And again, there, there were a lot of important plays throughout the game. But you could easily look at it and you could say, like, there's like two or three plays that if these things don't happen, that maybe Ohio State wins. So it was a great game. Um, I obviously love to see that. These two teams, it's such a great rivalry, in my opinion, the best rivalry in college football. And to see these two teams at their best coming into the game undefeated. Well, Michigan past, wasn't at their, they didn't have their head coach, so they weren't at their best. It, it doesn't matter that But much. they beat them not at their best. It doesn't really matter. So It doesn't really matter. Jim Harbaugh's not that great. Well, it seems um, like it did matter because Sean Moore came in and they didn't play as well. So this actually know. wasn't their best. I'm not sure. We should uh, note that this really, is not their best. I don't know. I, th- I don't think it really matters. No, nah, Jim Harbaugh um, matters. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, yeah, Michigan, you know, they get the win there. And just the overall takeaway is that I'm glad that these games, like these two teams, have. I think it's this the third year in a row both teams have been undefeated in this game. Because I know last year they were both undefeated. I'm not sure. I don't remember. I don't know if that was the case two years ago. I don't know if they were both undefeated, but I love when they're both 11-0 coming in this game. It just raises the stakes even more and makes it an incredible game. And that's what these games pretty much always deliver, in my opinion. I do know Michigan's won 30 straight uh, regular season games. They're the only Big Ten team to do that. Ohio State hasn't. 30 straight regular season games? Yep, 30 straight regular season games. What are they doing in the college football playoff? Um, Not that much, but what's Mm -hmm. Ohio State going to do in the college football playoff this year? Not that much. They won't even be there. They won't be there. I wouldn't completely count them out. I wouldn't completely, but they, they would need a lot to happen. They yeah, would need, they would need Alabama, Texas, and uh, Florida State all to lose, pretty much, and then they could maybe get in. Texas? Why Texas? Texas is ahead of them and going to win the Big 12 championship, and Ohio Texas, State's not going to compete in their championship Texas, because they lost. Texas should not be ahead of them. But They have one loss. So they lost Ohio earlier. Ohio State has one loss. Okay, but one's going to make their conference championship, one's not. It doesn't matter. It does matter. They're going to play an extra matter. game, and they're going to win it. They might not win it. They play Oklahoma State. They'll beat Oklahoma State. Texas is better than Oklahoma State. Texas has three quarterbacks better than uh, Ohio State, and they took one of them from Ohio State. Yeah, Mm. I saw people people trying to recruit Arch Manning over to Ohio State. Yeah. I love the delusion over in Columbus. It's always fun. I mean, Ohio State's a better program than Texas. It it might be a decent move for Arch Manning. Maybe. 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 Um, let's get to some other, well, Ben, do you want to talk about the Michigan Ohio State game or do you want to get to some other college football games? We can move on. I mean, I don't, it, I don't have a lot of thoughts. Like the better team won. They should have won by more. I, again, there was a much better game I, yesterday. I, I, that am, game. I think, uh, I, I mean, I talked extensively on the podcast about how I think Michigan should really beat Ohio state. I definitely think Ohio state coming into the game was playing like the better team. Their yeah. more recent performances have been better than Michigan's recent yes. performances regardless Michigan is they in my opinion the objectively better team they show they were the better team but I I just think they're more talented this year and this is one of the first years that I really think they can say that Ohio State has the receivers there's no doubt the receivers are head and shoulders better than Michigan but in my mind the rest of the position players are all pretty close um if not giving a slight uh bump to Michigan Michigan's O-line is up for uh multiple awards multiple players up for multiple awards on the line Ohio State does not have that their secondary has or their defense has, I think, three guys mocked in, like, most top 50s. Ohio State has none. Um, or, no, they have one, excuse me, Burke, the, the corner. Um, or, no, two, two, two. They have the uh, the guy on the line, the the left the left end. He's the one. I'm forgetting his name, but he had all the big plays in, against the Maryland last year. Um, and so their defense, at least it's comparable. I think it's better than Ohio State's defense, but at bare minimum, it's comparable. So 
I just think Michigan is the slightly better team. They definitely have a better run game overall. Donovan Edwards and Blake Corum. I, while I love Trayvon Henderson, I think he will be a great NFL player one day. I think they just, at their running back unit as a whole, is better. Um, so, in my opinion, the better team won. And honestly, I'm, I'm a little on board with Ben. I think they, if Harbaugh was coaching um, and, like, Zinter didn't get hurt, uh, we, um, I think, like, they potentially could have won by more. Um, I, I, I know you don't think a Harbaugh is a big deal, but... The games he I hasn't coached, they do worse. He matters, but Ohio State had the turnovers in the game. Michigan didn't have any turnovers. And I get, like, yeah, part of that's because McCord's not good. I get that. But, like, they made mistakes. Michigan didn't make mistakes, and they only won by six. So it's like, they, I think these teams were relative. Michigan's better. Again, they are better, but I do think it's very close. I, I will say I do think they're closer than I originally thought they were. Um but I don't think they're as close as you think they are. Okay. I think we played Semant- 10 games. We're playing semantics here. If they play 10 games, Michigan's win seven or eight of them, which is a pretty handed, in my opinion, pretty see, handed. But nevertheless, let's get to a couple of the other games um, so we don't harp on this one too, too much. Um, we definitely should talk about, what was it, Oregon, Oregon State? Am I, am I Alabama, Auburn. Alabama, Auburn. Let's talk about that one, Ben. So you, you got to watch a lot of this game. Alabama pulled this out by three. And you were even saying, like, this feels like – the best rivalry that yeah. happened yesterday, correct? Oh my gosh! It, it, it's just it's the fact that you can have a, a six and five team care that much about a game that doesn't matter to them. I mean, yeah, like I, I guess obviously they want to beat their rival, but it has no impact on. I mean, they're going to be in a garbage bowl game. Like that doesn't matter. Um, it was just it was an awesome game. It, it had all these things that like Michigan Ohio State didn't have. It, it had more passion. It had more frustration between play I mean there was more fights and more I mean the players hate each other much more than I than I felt like in Ohio State Michigan case um it was just an awesome it was a really good game it was back and forth um some great plays by both teams both quarterbacks had some awesome plays both with their with their feet and with their arms um I mean and like those Auburn fans like I mean they lost the game they lost the game they were supposed to lose anyway but in the crowd after the game like I mean they they would pan to I'd say 90% of the people that they panned to in the stands they were all bawling their eyes out like it just it just shows how much people down there really care about this rivalry and about football in general. It was just an awesome game. It had everything you could possibly want. Alabama scored on just the most ridiculous play ever, fourth and goal from the 31-yard line. They, they throw a um, – Jaden Miller throws like a fade to the back corner of the end zone, and the, dude in the uh, Alabama receiver had one-on-one. He just jumps up and makes a play in the corner. Um, just a fantastic football game, awesome game. Auburn should have won. They absolutely sold, but – um, it was just a, it was just, it, I think, I mean, and that rivalry's had a lot of good games. That's one of the better games I've seen between those two teams in a long time. Obviously the kick six is a fantastic ending. Um, and those two teams were, you know, were fighting for national championship contention that this doesn't have, have that, that scenario, but for what it was, a, a, a top 10 team versus a bottom tier power five team. I think this was one of the better college football games I've seen this year. Just an absolutely fantastic rivalry game. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And um, it it's probably really is, I mean, especially, we're a little more in the Ohio State-Michigan rivalry yeah. here being in Ohio, but um, I, I think, like, it probably is, like, just as big, you know, in terms of, like, if we were to look at all college football fans, it's probably just as big of a rivalry, don't you think, Ben? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I think part of it is we we live in Big Ten territory, right? Big Ten area exactly, so right, so we're, right. we're people around here are always going to say that it's ohio state michigan biased. and yes it helps that ohio state michigan the last couple of years have both been top five teams that's that's obviously a, a big you know factor in that 
Um, but again, I, I think if if Ohio State, and Michigan, if one of the teams was six and five in that matchup, it would not have gotten the same amount of hype, or I don't think we would we would have gotten the same product that we saw with a six and five Auburn versus an Alabama team. I really do think that it doesn't matter how yeah. bad either of those teams are; they really do hate each other. Those fans care so much; it really is. I mean, it's the biggest thing to them. It 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 will determine their mood for the next three hundred sixty five days. The outcome of that game. Um, it's just, I don't know, the hatred's real. It's 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 a legit college football rivalry, um, and that's why I would argue that it's the biggest in college football. Yeah, yeah. We saw uh, on Friday, Oregon, Oregon State. That was another big win by Oregon. These The Oregon-Washington game, it's, that might be like one of the bigger games that happened this year because that's going to determine so much. Um, do do they have the potential to play in the Pac-12 championship? Are they in the same side? Or I don't. They know, are playing. Yeah, they're yeah. playing. Yeah. Next, okay. Yeah. I mean, I can't. Next Friday. I can't. That game's gonna be lovely. It's gonna be insane. Yeah. That that game's. I mean, that's a must watch. Yes. That's gonna be just crazy. Actually, yeah, we're gonna have to watch. That yeah. Game. I mean, we're gonna. We were talking about watching Instead basketball, of, but we gotta watch that one. You might have to stay up for TVs. that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's gonna be another excellent game. I mean, their their first duel was amazing. Um, so we'll, we'll have to see anything else you guys want to talk about before we kind of move over, uh, to talk a little bit of professional basketball. Yeah. I think just in general with some of these conference championship games, cause these obviously have huge stakes right now. Um, we have four undefeated teams left. Those as of now will be the college football playoff teams right now, Georgia, Michigan, Washington, Florida state, they're all undefeated. Um, but with some of these games next week, um, certainly, uh, huge stakes. We are, we just talked about the Oregon and Washington one. That's going to be interesting. I mean, if Oregon wins that game, what's going to happen? Is Oregon going to get in and Washington not? Is there a chance that both of them get in? That's going to be interesting. Texas still has an outside chance if they win. Uh, they're ranked seventh right now. Um, we'll see where they fall in comparison to like Ohio state and the college football playoff rankings. Then we have Georgia, Alabama, obviously. I think even if Georgia loses, I still think they get in. I think they should at least. Um, and I think Alabama, how could you leave them out if they beat Georgia? So I think for some of these teams, like in Ohio State, a Texas, um, Oregon, Washington, I think you honestly should be rooting for Georgia to win because I think if Alabama beats Georgia, I think they probably both get in, um, possibly. Um, so that'll be interesting. The Those are really the three biggest ones next week. Uh, Michigan, Iowa play as well, but I don't think... Uh, Michigan will have too tough of a time. And then I guess I should mention, well, yeah, this game's important as well. Florida State, Louisville. Louisville did lose to Kentucky this week, um, but Florida State is undefeated. If Louisville can beat Florida State, that would obviously knock Florida State out and, and have another spot for someone else. So all very important games that we'll obviously talk about the results next week. Yeah, I I am so excited. We We really have a great championship week. Um, and, uh, I, I mean, I'd imagine Ohio state's going to go to eight. I think that's where they'll, they'll go and Alabama hops them, Texas hops them. Um, so that's where I think I'd be surprised if they didn't. Um, and, uh, we'll see what's going to be interesting is if Alabama, Texas, Florida state all lose, what do you, what do you do? Cause like, in my opinion, then like if you're a two loss Texas versus a one loss Ohio state and they lost to Michigan, it's not even close. Ohio state definitely deserves to be in, um, Florida State, one loss, but losing in conference championship. That's definitely a question, but if, I think I still lean Ohio State. If Florida State loses, they're not getting in. They I shouldn't. still think it's – I agree. They're I think it's Ohio ACC State then. schedule. It's a, weak, it's a weaker schedule. Florida State has to win, I, I think. Absolutely. Well, I don't know if I'd say their schedule was that much weaker than Ohio State's. It's weaker than Ohio State. Ohio State played three good teams, and they lost to one of them. 
Yeah, they lost to Michigan. Yeah. If Florida State loses to Louisville, they yeah, they should not get in. Louisville did just lose two, so that's they're not gonna be ten. They're gonna be like fourteen or something next week. Um I do think they'll win. Uh but but we'll we'll have oh, to so see. You, another interesting on. scenario is if you, you think sorry not to interrupt you, but you think Ohio State's gonna drop lower than Alabama? I don't think you think Alabama they're gonna put higher than Ohio State? I don't know if I agree with that. But why wouldn't they? Alabama has one well, loss. So does Ohio Texas, State. And Ohio State's is loss is loss. better. It was on the road. Alabama's like, is at home. But they just lost. I know, and but like Alabama's I, gonna be playing in their no, conference no, championship. I don't know. The statement you just said, you said they just lost, that's irrelevant. Yeah, I don't not, think that's unfortunately not players. No, no. They will go but that, lower than but that. But that should be if if the college football playoff committee thinks that way, they have no integrity. That's so, an outrageous so thing. Though. Here's here's that's let's irrelevant. let's talk about it this way then. Let's say Alabama didn't lose. Where would they be ranked? One. If they're undefeated? Yeah. One or two. Number two. And or three. When they lost after that, let's say they lose to Georgia in the conference championship, where would they be ranked? I would put them four. Probably. You put them four. Well, it's a, well, unless all the other teams are undefeated. If Florida, if Florida State's in, undefeated. In exact the same situation. So you're telling me five. if they just didn't lose, they'd be ahead of Ohio State. And then if they lost again, they'd be ahead of Ohio State. No, I'm saying you're saying they lose to Georgia? Mm-hmm. What, what are you saying? I'm saying they didn't lose to Texas. Yeah, yeah. They're undefeated. So they obviously would be they'd very be, high. They'd be number two in the country yeah, right now. Yeah, right? I agree. And let's say they lost to Georgia the next game. They So Michigan would pass them. Mm-hmm. If Washington is still undefeated, they would pass them. If Florida State's still undefeated, they would pass them. So they would be fifth unless one of those three teams loses. Then they would be in the playoff. Hmm. Interesting. That's what I would say. Yeah, I, I think genuinely, I, I think that they will be dropped. I, I'd be surprised if they aren't drop right below Alabama. That seems like... I mean, that's when Alabama lost. They made a similar jump down. To, I mean... Actually, they made a further jump down. It was a worse like loss. Three it was something. a worse loss. I mean, these rankings... The no, Texas like, was like six at the time. Okay, it was well, not that much worse of a loss. But I'm not saying it was a way worse loss, but I'm saying it's a worse loss. It was at home to a team ranked worse than what Ohio State just lost to on the road against Excuse the me, I was wrong. I was wrong. I, I was slightly wrong. Texas was 11. Yeah, it time. wasn't even a top 10 team, and they lost at home. Yep. Ohio State just lost on the road to a top three team. Okay, I can see that. I'm not saying it's not going to happen. I'm saying it shouldn't okay, happen. Okay, maybe they can it get in not Al- Alabama. They should not be ranked lower than Alabama. That's just my opinion. I, I agree. I definitely agree with that. Same record. They they both lost to very solid teams, and one's playing in their conference championship, one's not. That's well, they, they should not be yeah. ahead of Alabama. But potentially, I guess you guys are right. Potentially, they, they will be in. They potentially will be in. You do make a good point, though, Ben. It is... Texas was 11, and Alabama did lose at home. Um, so we'll see. I don't know. That's a good point. That's yeah. a good point. It'll be interesting where they play Ohio State. It'll be very telling on their chances of making yes. the the tournament. Because it's the same thing. Like, Should they be ahead of Oregon? Who, Ohio State? Yeah. It's, it's close. Um, looking here, I mean, Oregon's losses to Washington. The teams they've beaten, I mean— are we really going to sit here and say that Colorado Colorado wins a good win? I don't think so. Um, I mean, it, if 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 Utah hold on. Utah is a really good win. If Ohio It'd State be beat Colorado, it would be their third best win. It's probably also Washington's like third or fourth best win. Maybe maybe more. I don't know exactly what schedule. The Utah win was a really good win. That and then they just wiped the floor with Oregon State. That's another good win. So I, I think it's very close. Like honestly, it's kind of neck and neck. Um, one of my things is so. How's it then? Like, they beat three ranked teams. Ohio State's beaten two. Yeah, yeah. I, it's it's close. I'm I'm fine with Oregon being ahead of Ohio Colorado's State. Colorado's their 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 what is it? I'm here? Fine their with fourth that. best win. It would be Ohio State's third best win. 
Yeah, I'm fine with Oregon being ahead. I think it's close. I'm 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 okay with it. I don't really have an issue. I think if I guess the biggest thing but is also, that Oregon if Alabama is playing... beats Georgia, they're gonna jump Texas and Oregon, regardless of what happens. If Alabama beats Georgia, if Alabama beats Georgia, they will jump Texas and Oregon. They well, should. So here, they should. Let's say they beat Georgia and Texas wins the Big Twelve championship and they're twelve and one. Like, see, to me, that's crazy. That's a better. That's a better res- Alabama would have a better resume than Texas. It's it's probably I don't know. I, I'd have to look at them better. Pro- but probably it's... Oregon too. The biggest thing in here is that Florida State's undefeated, and I and the thing is, I don't think Florida State's as good as any of these teams that we're talking no, about. No, and they don't have Jordan Travis anymore. And they don't. Have, which, so here's here's another question: Is let's say let's say Florida State wins, they beat Louisville, right? Yeah. Um, doesn't matter what happens between Washington, and Oregon. Right. Probably Texas, Alabama, and Ohio State are all out. Then Florida State's a big contingent. If, they need Florida State to lose. Yeah, yeah. Florida State has to lose. Yeah, they have to. If Florida State wins, Ohio State has no chance. But so let's say here's another good one. Let's say Oregon, um, or let's say just let's say Oregon wins, Washington doesn't. Okay. okay. And um, let's say Texas wins. Okay. Yeah. Florida State loses. Who makes it between OSU, Texas, and Oregon at that point? Or, well, so no, Oregon saying, would definitely be in. It would be Georgia, Michigan, Oregon. Who would be the fourth between Ohio State, Texas, and Florida State? It's if like Florida, to me, if Florida State loses, they're not making it. Like to me, of those of those it's three Ohio teams, Ohio State should definitely be. They should be the last team. They didn't make their conference championship. The other two did. But Florida State that should Florida be State a big has knock. a weaker resume. If Florida State loses to Louisville, they are they are below everyone. All of those teams. They have a weaker resume. I think the Texas-Ohio State one is close. Um, and honestly, I, I don't really know who, who I would take. I mean, do they have – I'm not saying it's like drastically – like I, I do agree it's, it's weaker than Ohio State's. But is it that much weaker? They beat LSU at the beginning of the year. At the time was the fifth-ranked team. They beat them by 21. Now it's a ranked team. They're good. They're not great, but they're, they're still a very good team. They beat Clemson by seven at Clemson, who's now a ranked team. They beat Duke, who was ranked at the time. Um, they beat Miami, who's been ranked at a time. So is it that much? Ohio State hasn't beaten a team that's a top ten team. A lot of these and, games, Florida State, and State's Florida playing, State has. A lot of these games that Florida State's playing have been very close to like a Boston College. They win by two. To a Miami, they beat by seven. To a Florida, they beat by nine. I mean, again, like it's it's tough and it's it's hard to like you kind of dispute all this. But like looking at the resume and then in addition, like if you want to include like the eye test, which like that adds another element in here. But I just don't think Florida State's had as good of a season as Ohio State. Like right now they're undefeated again. If they're undefeated, they got to be in. But if they right, lose. Right. No, I'm saying if they lose. If they lose. Like who would they, I, and, I'd put Ohio again, State I don't know how. Like, we're, like let's say. Like it's crazy to me that there's like no weight in the fact that one of them made their conference championship and one of them didn't. Ohio State is in the same division as Michigan. I agree. I understand. I understand there's ACC a slight knock no, on ACC that. Is, ACC is a weaker conference than the Big Ten, and there's no division. I don't Big, think it's a much weaker it's conference. A weak, it's a weaker they have, conference. They, they have, have no more divisions. ranked teams than, than, uh, it, than a, the Big Ten. The Big Ten has three really good teams. The ACC, um, I'm not even sure. I mean, Florida State's a good team. I don't, I don't even know if they're... I'm not even sure if they're better than Penn State, to be honest with you, but... 
Um, regardless, um, that's just my own. I it is close. I do agree. It's definitely close. But I mean, I I just think that like they're in the same division as Michigan. They can't. They that's not their fault that they're. I mean, yeah, they could have beaten them. But Michigan's Michigan's the second best team in the country. Florida State, what the best team they they played is what LSU or uh, Duke. Like it's it's not comparable to playing Michigan. I I definitely agree. But the difference is they didn't. Like you can only play who's on your schedule at the end of the day. Ohio State didn't beat Michigan. Their their best win is Penn State, who's who's outside the top ten right now. Yeah. That's, so so Florida State needs to beat Louisville. Louisville's on their schedule. Louisville is the best team they're gonna play. They should beat Louisville. If they don't, I think that knocks them behind Ohio State. It's definitely close. I can see the argument. I think to, just to me, it's crazy not like anyone that makes their conference championship. The fact they get knocked for like if losing in their conference championship game is crazy. But what if one of them didn't make it? But what if it was okay? So what if it was a different like conference then? What if it's the conference USA and it's Tulane or the American Athletic Tulane's twelve and zero? But the difference they're is, playing in a conference championship game. They're undefeated. I like, agree. You're you're right. But there's also a separate portion of that. The conference USA schedule is not as hard as the ACC, ACC schedule. The ACC schedule is not, not as hard point, as the Big Ten. The Big schedule. Ten. They've played three ranked teams and they lost no. to one of them. They lost to Michigan, and yes. they and they beat so, Penn State, and they beat Notre so Dame. So here's my here's my point. When you're you're talking about strength of schedule, yes, an ACC strength of schedule, especially strength of record. If we look at strength of record, will be very comparable because one team isn't losing, and one team did. They played more ranked teams, and they beat more ranked and teams. If, and if they lose to Louisville, they'll both have one loss, and then at that point, the strength of record will lean Ohio State's way. Mm. That's what I think. It'll 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 be closer. I do agree. It'll be closer if they lose. If they lose, it's definitely up to interpretation. I think there's close, but it's just all I'm saying is it's just like a wild. It to me, it's so crazy that you make your conference championship game, and if you lose it, it's like this big knock, and like a team that doesn't make their conference championship game because could win when the two teams game. are close. Like if they're close, like this, I'm saying. Obviously, when Toledo, if Toledo was 12 and 0 and they lose, they shouldn't be in over Ohio State. I understand that. Yeah. My point is, is that these two teams are very comparable. They both play in big conferences. One team has objectively played a better schedule. They have played more ranked teams. One of them has played less ranked teams. And one of them made their conversation and one of them different, didn't. Ben, any any final thoughts here? Because we got to get over the NBA here in a second. But any, what, what are your quick thoughts on this, this little debate? Uh, I'm just rooting for as much chaos as possible. I want total chaos. I want Florida State losing. <laughs> I want Washington losing to Oregon. Um, I want Alabama beating Georgia. I just want total chaos. I want Michigan I want it to losing be, to Iowa. Yeah, I want I want it to be as hard as possible for the for the committee to to find these four teams, because um, I think that'd be the, the the most entertaining thing for me as someone who doesn't have a team in the fight. Uh, I just want chaos. I'm very interested to see where they put Ohio State because they've done a good job this year, um, like taking in consideration teams you've played. And Ohio State was ranked ahead of Georgia and Michigan. At a point in time when people are like, oh, this is crazy. But it really wasn't. They played better teams than those two. Now they're at a point where Ohio State's only played three teams and they lost to one of them. So how do they put them against someone like Alabama, who has played, I mean, if not a harder schedule, as hard. I think we could say it's harder. They've played one, two, three, four and then five ranked teams. Event. Well, we'll say four for now. So they've played more ranked teams, and they've beat more ranked teams than uh, Ohio State. So how do they rank like going into next week in Alabama versus Ohio State? How how do we how do we how do they rank them? Because if they're ranking them, how they've been doing it, where like 
the people they play matter, which it seems like it does. They should be eighth. That's where they should be. They should be behind Alabama and Florida State and Texas. So we'll see. I'm very interested. If they don't do that, it'll be interesting because Ohio State did get the benefit of the doubt when the records matter. And if they don't do it now, then they they're not they they're also getting the benefit of the doubt again by placing them ahead and the other teams don't. So we'll see. We'll see. Potentially some chaos. I don't know if I see the chaos this year. I will say that. I don't know if I can I can quite see it. But let's move on here um, to the the NBA, uh, get a little in-season tournament check-in. Um, we were talking a little bit earlier, I know the Pacers, they swept. Ben, you're excited about that. They swept their group. Um, Trevor, what's what? Where, where are we at it in the in-season tournament as it stands right now? Yeah, so with the in-season tournament, the Indiana Pacers, that's a good team to mention because they're 4-0, they're undefeated in their group, um, and their group contains you know teams like the Cavs, the Sixers, the Hawks, and the Pistons, so... Uh, the Pacers have done really well, and that's just in general this season. The Pacers have been awesome. Tyrese Halliburton is definitely going to be an all-star. He's been incredible. He's one of my favorite players to watch. Other than that, you have the Milwaukee Bucks in their group. They're undefeated 3-0. and um, Still have another game to play there, um, but it seems like the Bucks are de- almost definitely going to be making the quarterfinal there um, because the way this is going to work out is that we're going to have our quarterfinal bracket that's going to start early next week in the in-season tournament and that's going to have um that's going to have eight teams total that are going to make it so it's going to be um i believe two teams from each group yeah because there's four groups four group all right let me double check make sure i'm saying the right thing but it's going to be um eight teams uh because there are six groups or I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. Um, <laughs> I might be saying this wrong, but the Monkey Bucks are three. No, they're probably going to make the quarterfinals. Um, so they're doing really well as well. Um, and then the Lakers are are pretty much. I mean, they're definitely going to make it because they're four zero. So it's been pretty solid. I, in my opinion, the games I've watched, I think it's been. You you can argue a little bit more competitive. I think in general though, this regular season's been more competitive than people might expect. Um, I think it's been really good. The Knicks and the Heat. I, this is an unfortunate thing that I am gonna mention, but the Miami Heat, my favorite team, they blew a twenty one point lead on Friday in their in season tournament game against the New York Knicks. That made me very upset. Jalen Brunson turned into Mariano Rivera. Um, it was unfortunate, but the Knicks got a really good win there. Um, and other than that, uh, this is something related to NC's tournament, but more of a uh, total like in totality. I want to talk about the Orlando Magic today because the Orlando Magic are now eleven and five in general. They lead their group in the in season tournament. And in their game on Friday, uh, the in season tournament game against the Celtics, they won by double digits. It wasn't even a close game that the magic won. So they have been very impressive. That final score was 113 to 96. The game before that, the magic also beat the nuggets. Um, and they're actually on a, I believe it's a six game win streak. Let me count it up just to make sure, but one, two, three, four, five, six, six game winning streak for the Orlando magic. So they have been looking really good again, 11 and five second in Eastern conference tied with the bucks and sixers. Um, their point differential is about five, uh, 4.8 to be exact. And I mean, Paolo Bancaro, second-year player, Franz Wagner, third-year player, have been looking really good. You also got Jalen Suggs, a player who I love coming out of Gonzaga. His first two years in the league were pretty underwhelming, um, but he's really kind of made a name for himself, especially on the defensive end. He's always playing with a lot of passion. He's getting fired up. He creates a turnover. I saw a couple highlights. Um, so Jalen Suggs really kind of taking a little bit of a rise there for Orlando. And they just have... 
I don't know. They they seem to like playing together. They they play a, a really good brand of basketball, and it seems like they have different players kind of stepping up every night as well. Even Franz's brother uh, Mo, another Michigan player for yes, you, Brandon. Sir. He had twenty seven points in the game against the Celtics on Friday. So credit to him um, there. And he had Cole Anthony off the bench with sixteen. So the Orlando Magic, just a shout out to them because they have been really solid this year, and it, it's cool to see. Um, how real is it? I don't know. We'll have to see. But the Orlando Magic, at the very least, look like a playing team. And they might sneak in. They might get a 7 or an 8 seed. And I think that'll be fun because they're a team that's a very young team. A lot of these players are in their early 20s. So it's fun to see them having so much success already. Um, but, Brandon, did you have uh, any thoughts? Um, just in general, about the, it could be about the Magic. It could be about the end-season tournament. Uh, what are some of your thoughts? Yeah, um, I, I know Franz... Wagner, it's so interesting when he was at Michigan, um, like Moritz Mo Wagner, who he got drafted by the Wizards, he was on the Lakers for a little bit. I don't know, is he still in the NBA? Mo Wagner, they're on the same team. Oh, they, they, he's they on the Magic, the Magic. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and he's not as good as his brother, right? No, Fra Franz is the better NBA player, and I, I think I know what you're yeah, about yeah, to say. So yeah, it's yeah. crazy when they came out of school. Both of them, they didn't come out at the same time, but I was like, Mo is like the significantly better player. He's the way better college player. But not only that, I just thought his game would transition better to the NBA. Franz was a little more of a raw talent. Um, and it it just wasn't the case. Now Franz is this like pretty like solid NBA player. I mean, I don't know. How much does he average? Do you know off the top of your head? Like, I don't know. He might be an all-star. He's averaging 19 points and five rebounds. I, so. I was about to, my whole point was going to be like, I don't know if he's quite an all-star, but he might be an all-star. He might be. That's there's a wild. There's a chance. There's a chance. But he's become this like incredibly solid NBA player, um, and the Magic have done a great job developing him and getting him to this point. Um, but I've been like super impressed with that that family. I really thought Mo would be a better NBA player, and I I think he's like not bad, right? He's a solid role player. He's been really good this season. Yeah. So uh, I mean, he, he hasn't quite made his career what it's gotten to be. Um, but nevertheless, Franz has been incredibly impressive, um, and I'm glad to hear that the Magic are are excelling and that they they. They uh, ha have done well in their little rebuild. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's been it's been good to see because there's there's a lot of these like again like as you you have like some of the older stars that we've been watching for so long. You know, LeBron and Steph and KD and all these guys that we've been used to seeing. Um, we're seeing a lot of these younger teams that have kind of uh, came in. We have Orlando now. I mean, last year we saw Sacramento take their big leap and they were a three seed. We're seeing. Oklahoma City, that's another team we we could talk about. They're also 11-5. They're second in the West, so they're kind of in the same boat as Orlando, um, except they sort of have like a bona fide star already in Shea Gilgis-Alexander. So they're another team that's, you know, a young team that's had a lot of early success, and it's just, it's fun to see. I mean, there's a lot of good, uh, there's a lot of good parody in the NBA. It's kind of been that way for the past couple of years since Kevin Durant left the Warriors when it was kind of like, it's going to be the Warriors. Now it's, we've really seen a lot of years in a row now where it's, there's been a lot of parody. It's kind of like, you don't really know, like you have an idea, like you have the Nuggets, they'll be toward the top, you know, the Bucks, the Celtics, but there's more teams that seem to have a chance lately. And, um, you know, yeah, there's been parody kind of in this early season so far that we've seen. Yeah, for sure. All right. I think we'll, uh, we'll go to our last sport of the day here, um, which is the NFL. And we actually, have put together our own little power rankings here, um, which has been exciting to do. Um, so we're going to kind of go over. I'm going to try to at least post a picture uh, of all of our power rankings. Uh, one of you, please remind me, because, I mean, we both know I'm not going to remember. So, uh, Trevor, you want to? I got you. Yeah, good job. See, everyone, 
Everyone should be very appreciative for Trevor because there's no way I'd be remembering if it wasn't for him. Um, all right. So how do we want to do What do we want to break down here? Just like what the differences are? Because I see one thing I definitely want to talk about. Yeah, um, what is it? Specifically with your rankings, Trevor, you have the Bills at seven. Ben and I have them at 10. I have them at 10. Ben has them at 11. What's the thought process by, by putting them ahead of the Dolphins uh, and Browns? And I think Ben and I both have um, them and, I guess, the Lions we can also put in there. We have all three of those teams ahead of the Bills. So what is your thought process here of putting the Bills so high? Yeah, so when I did my rankings, I, I made it mostly in tiers. Like the Eagles and Chiefs, for instance, are in their own tier, in my opinion. They're the top two, Eagles, then Chiefs. Um, my next three are Ravens, Niners, and Cowboys. And then the third tier I have includes uh, six teams. It has the Jaguars, Bills, Dolphins, Browns, Texans, and Lions in that order. All of those teams are teams that... They're like I said, they're definitely good football teams, but they'll probably they're probably going to fold at some point for whatever reason. For the Browns, it's going to be because they don't have a quarterback. For the Bills, it's going to be really it's going to be because their schedule is so tough to be honest. But also, I think in part, Josh Allen's had quite a few mistakes, and also their defense has looked uh, had some issues at times. Although I think it's gotten better. They they had a really good game against the Jets, um, and I get it's the Jets. They're not a great team, but they kind of shut them out for the most part. I think it was thirty two to six. And if you're looking at them on the margins compared to some of these other teams, like the Dolphins, when they played the Dolphins the first time, they destroyed them. I know it's been some time since that happened, but I do think, you know, if you're if you're talking about one game, like in this game on a neutral field or whatever, I do still lean the Dolphins over or the Bills over the Dolphins. I think they're a more solid team. The Dolphins also have some defensive issues there. Um, yeah, they have Tyree Kill. They have the high-powered offense, but their defense is certainly flawed as well. And then the Browns, as I mentioned, their flaws, the quarterback, the Texans, um, they've been kind of inconsistent. They barely beat the Cardinals last week. And then the Lions are at the bottom of this tier. The Lions actually had, um, I think at number nine, I moved them behind the Browns and the Texans after their latest loss to the Packers because in the past two weeks, the Lions have not looked as good. They they were better in the, in the early season, but they've kind of kind of tailed off just a little bit. I still believe in them more than some of the other teams below them but I do have the Lions at 11. But that's kind of my thing. Again, like all these teams are in the similar tier, but I do still lean the Bills because as much as I've talked about, like, you know, Josh Allen, he's a risky football player and stuff. He's still probably the third best quarterback in the NFL, in my opinion. So that definitely holds some weight there for me, putting the Bills as high as I did. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying, but the Bills have just been playing bad. I don't, and the thing is, is I've talked about this, to you guys, I haven't really said this much in the podcast. Josh Allen is not the Bills' problem, and I will stand on this. Uh, they're six and five right now, um, and you know you just talked about the schedule they got to play. Let's go through this a little bit. They got to play the Eagles, Chiefs, Cowboys, Chargers, Patriots, and Dolphins. I mean, they have conceivably four very difficult games there. I would argue that the Chargers will also be a difficult game for them. The Patriots, I'm pretty sure I could walk out there and beat. Um, so well, you, you of, threw 14 touchdowns this week, so I would hope so. I did throw 14 touchdowns this week, so it's it's possible I might be able to beat the Patriots. They Mac might Jones. they might need me out More there. More than Mac Jones is throwing this year. Yeah, exactly. Um, so they might they might need me. Nevertheless, I the Bills' issue is that they got a lot of good teams to play. I don't see them getting to nine wins. I don't see them getting to nine wins, and I. But what? But what's the issue with the team though? Like, what's the the def- Like, what's the issue you have with their team then? If it's not like, is so, it the defense? Probably the the biggest issue with their team. 
um, would, would, would have to be like, probably their secondary is, is a, a big issue. Tredavious White not out there is, is, is it just a big loss for them? Um, I, I think if you look at like the run game, the run game has been really pretty decent. James Cook has done a good job. He's averaging five yards a carry. Um, he only has one touchdown, but Josh Allen has seven of those. I mean, if we look at Josh Allen, I know he has 12 interceptions. He has 29 touchdowns. He's only been sacked 14 times too, which feels like that's not too many. Um, and if you look at some of their past games, um, like the Broncos game, they lost 24, 22. Uh, I know Josh Allen's thrown for a lot, but, but, um, I mean, you just can't allow the, the, the Broncos to have that many points. They're, they've been playing better, but they're, they're not that good. You have Bengals game 24, 18. Um, this is another one where I, I, I think Josh Allen, again, I, I, I really don't believe he's the problem. I understand that in some of these games, for example, this one, one touchdown, one interception. Um, I, I do understand this. Um, but I, I think that, um, the, the defense specifically is what really needs to improve here. A lot of these close games come down to the wire and I think Josh Allen could be able to do it. Maybe they're a step off, but the defense specifically the secondary, um, I think is what really needs to tighten up and improve a little bit. Uh, for the Bills, putting them ahead of like someone like the Dolphins. The Dolphins are eight and three. They're two games ago above the Bills, um, and we look at like their upcoming schedule. They got to play the Commanders, Titans, Jets, Cowboys, Ravens, and Bills. Um, so, oh, excuse me. Um, so they conceivably have three to four wins in my opinion. Commanders, Titans, and Jets are pretty safe wins. Um, Bills, I believe they, they can beat the Bills. That one's at home. Ravens and Cowboys will definitely be tough. Cowboys are at least at home. Uh, those are definitely going to be two good games. But they're not going to beat out that team for the division. So can the Bills get four more wins in their next six um, to really have a good shot at the playoffs? I just don't – I don't know. I think it's going to be really difficult. We look at someone like the Browns who has seven wins. This is a good comparison. The Browns who, who Ben and I both have um, higher I, – I can't – tell you do have you have the browns below them um the browns remaining schedule this is crazy to me i legitimately think they have a shot to win every single one of the games they have coming up um they play only two teams above 500 um and the rest of their games like they play the Bengals, who are 500 but no burrow they play the jets they play the bears they play the rams they got the broncos who are 500 looking better that's going to be a tough one and they have the texans who are six and four that's going to be a tough one but if let's let's really look at the these texans and broncos games the broncos game today is going to be their biggest challenge if they win this game i feel pretty confident they can win honestly like if we're being honest 12 games i could really see them winning 12 games if they can beat this Broncos game, the Texans game is going to be tough. It's going to be a very difficult game. But you have a rookie quarterback against this defense that has been historically great. Even though the team has been playing well, I just see Stroud struggling in this game. I think this is going to be a tough game uh, for C.J. Stroud. We've seen him struggle against better defenses. Um, so I, I think there's a chance the Browns can really conceivably win all six of their games coming up. This Broncos game will be a very big challenge. It is a way I'm interested to see how they come out against them. That will definitely alter my opinion here, but someone like the Browns, I have like pretty firmly ahead of the bills. Just, they're going to probably win more games. It's just going to be how it kind of shakes out in my opinion. Yeah. I don't think the bills are playing quite good enough to, to really overtake that divide. Um, and that's a team that they really do need to overtake. Uh, they're a game and a half back on the Browns, uh, and I the Browns still have a bye, which is good. I mean, they can make that up that week, uh, get a win when the Browns can't play, obviously. Um, but it's going to be very, very, very difficult 
um, to get to that place to get a game and a half up. I mean, how are you gonna get half a game up on 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 the uh, the Browns? You got to win two more games than they do at this point, and I just don't see that coming out. And that's gonna be a team that's gonna be in like a wild card spot. So in terms of reaching for a wild card, I think it can be tough. It might be a little bit tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we're kind of making different arguments. I'm like, because my thing is, I think the Bills, they lost some games early in the season and even the Broncos game that they shouldn't have lost. It, it reflects badly on them. But right now, I do still think the Bills are a better football team than the Browns. Do they have a better chance to make the playoffs than the Browns? Of course not. The Browns are, I think, almost certainly going to make it. The Bills, it's kind of like 50-50, honestly. They, the team they have to pass, it's probably the Steelers mm-hmm. um, to get and in. See, that's what's crazy is it's 50-50, but you have them seven fun. <laughs> but it's not about the record. It's about how good are they right now, how much belief. And again, part of this is like, yeah, because we saw the Chiefs a couple years ago. They had like a 7-4 record or going in because they had you know lost some games they probably shouldn't. But there is still a level of faith I have. Just when we're co- it's a good point. When we're talking about comparing yeah. a team that has Josh Allen compared to the Cleveland Browns, who are perennial losers, it, you know it's <laughs> perennial losers. Perennial losers. These are fighting words. I and mean, what's or, crazy or the Steelers is Steelers, who yeah, they're six and four, but objectively they're not a very good football team. Their their offense stinks. Uh, I just can't rank some of these teams ahead of the Bills right now. I think the Bills yeah. are a better football team than those two teams. Let's let's quickly talk about the Browns here. Um, because all of us had the Browns inside the top 10. Um, and I think this is firmly earned. And what's crazy is they don't have a quarterback coming up. But how much does it matter? How much does it matter for the Cleveland Browns? Are they going to win a Super Bowl with no quarterback? Definitely not. They're not winning with no quarterback. Would they win with Deshaun Watson? Probably almost definitely not. He's terrible. Um, but let's let's look at Deshaun Watson's reign so far in Cleveland. He's played one and a half good games of football. He played against the Titans very well, which it doesn't matter if they had me back there or Deshaun Watson, they would have won that game. And then Deshaun Watson won them the Ravens game. So basically for half a quarter in his entire career with the Browns and the, I mean, how many games are we at here? 18, 15, something that like that? he's played? Yeah. I think Probably 18 like games. Around 15-ish, something like that. Well, he played six last year and they're at... And he's played like ten what, games, 10, nine, nine or ten nine games. Three. He's been on the roster, so maybe yeah, maybe fifteen, maybe okay. fifteen because he's skipped some, he's missed some games. It's maybe fourteen, fifteen games. He's had a half a quarter where he's really made a difference for the Cleveland Browns. Every other quarter, it hasn't mattered who's really been back there. He hasn't been good enough, and then the backups have won games behind him. I truly don't believe it's going to matter. When in the playoffs, it will matter, but in terms of the regular season, the rest of the way, I don't think it matters who the Browns have back there at quarterback. Deshaun Watson didn't make a big enough difference where I think it has mattered. The defense has been so historically good that they're just going to probably win a lot of games because their defense can play them into games. Um, so we'll see. The Browns are definitely an interesting case. We all three of us have them in the top ten. I'm interested to see how they can finish off the season. I hope they lose. I don't like the Browns. Um, but I, I think I'm going to be, I think I'm going to be unhappy in that aspect. Ben, anything you notice on these power rankings here that, you know, speak to you? I mean, I'm the only one that had the Ravens in the top two. I really thought Trevor would put the Ravens at number two. I knew Brandon wouldn't. Um, but it actually surprises me, Trevor. I really thought you'd put the Ravens above the Chiefs. I think the Ravens are definitely better than the Chiefs at this point. The Chiefs offense has struggled. Um, and the Ravens don't have a whole lot of weaknesses. So, um, I'm actually surprised I'm the highest on the Ravens. Yeah, I mean, it's just Patrick Mahomes. I mean, it's it's kind of simple. It's the simple take, but, like, they have Patrick Mahomes, and 
the Eagles and Chiefs were, it, it was basically a toss-up. Like, that game could have went either way. I mean, if Scantling catches the ball, they win the game. He didn't, so they lost. Those teams are evenly matched, so I think those teams have to be one and two in some order, and the Eagles won the game, so I'll give the Eagles the benefit that they won the game. I'll put them number one. But those two teams are, it's a toss-up, and I think that's, I think we're probably um, in a on route for a Super Bowl rematch, although... You know, it's not always that simple, and the Ravens are still really good. Again, Mark Andrews is hurt right now. They have some injuries, but they're a really formidable team. The Niners, again, yes, Brock Purdy, I get it. You know, we're going to we're gonna throw some shade on Brock Purdy, but the Niners are a great football team. They have a chance, and uh, <laughs> I don't know why I'm mentioning this once again, but the Dallas Cowboys uh, have looked really good. I know it's against this is, bad this, teams. This is the Cowboys. <laughs> I love they this logic. Really I love it. Good. Let's Prescott. eat it up. I'm Let's just saying it up. the talent is there, but what has happened again? I, I, I like to try to mention this every time I talk about the Cowboys. What has happened in the playoffs is that Dak Prescott, he, he craps the bed. He plays worse in these playoff games, and that's why they lose. They have the talent. They have the talent to win the Super Bowl. They do. They have the talent. They have the ability to do it, but they always fold. We'll see. I don't know. They still they 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 have a chance. They're a content. They're Again, well, I said true contenders or Eagles Chiefs, but they're they're fifth on my power rankings. They well, have a chance. Let's quickly. I want to. Oh, we'll talk about the Ravens in a second. Let's quickly talk about the Cowboys. The Cowboys next six games they play five of six games against teams above five hundred. Um, so this will be a true test, and it's their next five games they play, and they are always on TV. It seems like they play in three primetime games. They got to play the Eagles. They got to play the Dolphins, Seahawks. Bills and Lions. These are all going to be tough tests for them. And I definitely think they're up to the challenge. They are playing, Trevor, I I hate to admit it, but they are playing better. Dak Prescott has really come into form. He's chucking the ball around. He's done really well for me in fantasy. I'm hoping he can lead me into the playoffs. Um, but they have been playing better. And their defense, this is what I think is understated. Their defense has taken some tough losses this year. Le- Leighton Vander Esch uh, out for the year. We, he might be out for his career. Hopefully he's okay. I, I, you know, I, I, I do hope he can come back if he would like to do so. Uh, Trevon Diggs, another enormous piece, and they have just, just not taken a step back. I've been very impressed by their defense. Their offense is really starting to come to form. Um, however, they don't know how to beat teams that are good. Um, so we'll, we'll see. They got the Eagles coming up uh, next week. Um, or actually, excuse me, in, in, oh, two weeks. Yeah, they got, they got the buy in between. So this week they got the. Uh, or this coming week, they have the uh, the Seahawks. Um, so we'll see how they do there. Let's get to the Ravens real quick. Um, and I want to talk about them. The Ravens I had at four. I don't know why. Like, you're, two to four is not some drastic drop-off here. Um, I think if we look at the top four teams, and I ask myself, if we look at the Niners, Chiefs, and Eagles, what is the difference between those teams and the Ravens? Um, the difference between those teams and the Ravens is that those teams have made it further in the playoffs. With Virtually the same teams they have now. The Ravens haven't been able to prove to me, as much as I want them to, that they are able to get to that point. And that is that is why they are four in my spot. They just aren't in the same tier as the other three teams. If you look at like them versus the Niners, which I think is a closer call than the Chiefs, I'm very surprised you have them above the Chiefs. The Chiefs haven't looked as great lately, but they're winning games kind of at their worst. This is not like the top of how the Chiefs have looked. We have seen what the peak Ravens have looked like this year, and we haven't seen what the peak Chiefs look like this year. And they have very similar records, and I think that's kind of the scary part of these two teams. 
In terms of the Niners, when you look at the Ravens, really the key difference is just that quarterback. One of them has a quarterback that can play, and one of them doesn't. Um, but ultimately, the Niners have such an amazing team defensively, offensively, um, outside of the quarterback position. Um, and even if we want to say Purdy's fine, which I think he's – I mean, you, we've talked about this. Even if we want to put him as like the 10th to 15th best quarterback, which I think is generous, but let's say we do, the rest of the team is so darn good that it might just not matter. It's going to matter when they play the Eagles in the NFC Championship. We've seen that. And in all three of their losses, all three of their losses were on – Brock Purdy not being able in late in games to drive down the field and score. We can maybe take the Browns game away because the field goal missed, but ultimately he had many chances to drive down the field and he wasn't able to do it. That's when it's going to matter most. So I, I think for now it's tough. The Ravens and Niners do play, and I if the Ravens beat them, I will gladly put the Ravens ahead of them. Um, but it, that's going to be a tough game for the Ravens, um, and especially hopefully they can stay healthy where they're at. They got... Uh, Humphrey either is going to be back this week or next week. Ronnie Stanley is playing this week, uh, which is good. So he's back really the only big loss is Andrews, who is a big loss in Dobbins. Besides that, they're living, they're doing okay. If they can stay on that, they'll be fine. Um, we've also uh, some credit to the Niners. We haven't really seen them at full strength, especially offensively, uh, this year, which is one thing I do want to give Brock Purdy is that uh, more recently he's had more full strength. Like in the Browns game, they weren't full strength. Um, and again, this is plays in part to why Purdy's not that good when he doesn't have like the four best offensive weapons in football around him. Um, he doesn't do as well. Uh, so uh, granted, there was weather in that game, but nevertheless, I I think it's going to be tough right now for me to put the Ravens ahead of the Niners, but they are definitely close. And I think if they beat the Niners, I would gladly put them in that top tier and I'd be happy to talk about it. I'm not into the reverse jinx and stuff. I would love to say how my team is is in that in that area. Uh, in the professional football league. But for now, I think four is a, a reasonable place to put them. Uh, anything else you guys want to mention here before we, we I don't know if we, if we want to talk about some games that are going to be happening, but we can get to our cost off as well. Yeah, um, I will say that, you know, when I was making my tiers, there's uh, one team in particular that I had in their own tier. That tier was called Professional Chokers. That is the Los Angeles Chargers. I have them 20th in the NFL. Um, they have underperformed again this season. They have Justin Herbert, who the football nerds absolutely love. They rave about him. They, uh, you know, watch his highlights all day, 24-7. And, you know, I get that a lot of it's the coaching, and I don't know why this guy isn't fired yet. But the Chargers, once again, underperforming. So just wanted to shout that out. Yeah, I think uh, the Chargers project is so interesting because they had so much talent, and I think a lot of the players didn't quite work out. Um, I personally, I I really like, really, really like Justin Herbert, and I think he's quite a good football player. He's 19 touchdowns and five picks this year. He's done really well. I think ultimately the issue is that can only lead you so far. We've seen Austin Eckler barely play this year. When he has, he hasn't looked good. In terms of their receivers, we have Keenan Allen, who's played pretty well this year. But let's look at the rest of the receivers. Josh Palmer, eight games. Uh, Eckler, who's has done very, he's third in receiving, seven games. Mike Williams, only three games out for the rest of the year. Quentin Johnson, the first round pick, has stunk. So I think the experiment was a good try, and it just didn't quite work out. Um, and they just aren't quite good enough. And I think it is exacerbated by uh, the, the coach. Uh, Brandon Staley, who just stinks. I definitely wouldn't put this too much on Herbert. I mean, ultimately, he's the leader. He some of this is on him, uh, without a doubt. Um, you know, he's he's not in 
the Ravens or Bengals offense or Eagles offense um, that is clicking and they don't have really a competent coach. So that's tough. But I, I wouldn't completely be like, oh, Herbert stinks because their team is four and whatever. Um, you know, he, he's still playing really well and he's still a very good quarterback. Uh, but it's they, they a change needs to happen uh, over there. And if it doesn't, it's going to be tough for them uh, to to really be competing moving forward. Um, why don't we get, I don't know if you guys want to talk, do you want to talk about any games that are upcoming this week or do we want to get to our cross off here? I think we can get to our cross off unless Ben has anything else. No, just shout out the Panthers. All three of us have is the worst team and they don't even have a first round draft pick this year. So if you're a Panthers fan, I apologize. That is tough. Rough. Big, big rough. That is rough. All right. Um, let's get to our cross off. Trevor, who do you think we should cross off today? What do you think? I'm 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 looking at the New York Jets here, Brandon, because they are now four and seven. They've been atrocious their last four games, um, losing by a combined total in four games of let's see, 21, 25, 51, and 72 points they have lost by over the last four games. So the Jets, they're now four and seven. Looking at this AFC playoff picture. I think there's a good chance you're going to have to have 10 wins to get into the playoffs. That would mean that they would have to win out to win out. And they don't exactly, I don't know. I wouldn't say they have a hard schedule, but they have teams that it's going to be tough to beat, um, including the Dolphins, the Browns, uh, the Patriots. So it's going to be tough, Brandon. Uh, But what, Brandon, do you think kind of about uh, the Jets? Yeah, I mean, let's, the, the the Jets are a good team, I think, to to cross off here. It's definitely a solid option without a doubt. Um, I I think the if we're looking at all the teams, um, and teams we haven't crossed off, um, do you do you have the list here, Trevor? Is it is it just with you here? Yeah, I have the list here. Um, do you want me to read them off for you? Yeah, do if you don't mind. Yeah, so Cardinals, Texans, Bears, Broncos, Patriots, Giants, Packers, Rams, and Titans. So we haven't done anyone really in the NFC South except the the, the Panthers. That's reasonable. Um, the Packers we crossed off. I think you said yeah. that makes sense. The Giants we have crossed off. Um, we uh, do we have the Commanders crossed off? Um, no. Commanders are not crossed off yet. Do we have the Chargers crossed off? We do not. Interesting. Um, and then the Jets uh, is your proposed pick. I think I agree with the the Jets. Ultimately, we do still have some good options. The Chargers aren't a bad option. Uh, the commanders are probably pretty close to being a decent option too. I mean, they're, they're like two games back from a wild card or a game. They're only a game back actually from a, or a game and a half back from a wild card spot. Uh, the jets are, let's see. They are, a, they are also a game and a half back. So it, we got to take some sort of risk. Those are all close, but I think the jets is the, uh, probably the, the, the lowest risk. Uh, that we can do. So I think if it were me, I think I agree with the Jets. I, I think that's a good pick. Ben, what do you think about the Jets being our cross-off? So I think it comes down to either the Jets or the Commanders. I think the argument for the Commanders would be, well, they have one more game played. They have one more loss. Can't guarantee that the Jets would lose today. Uh, or no, the Jets already lost this week. Never mind. Um, but they still have one less loss than the Commanders. The argument for the Jets is that they're in the AFC. So eight losses in the AFC, the Jets probably aren't going to win out and even if they went out nine and eight might not make you the playoffs um so I, i'm cool with the jets jets is fine jets is an easy one commanders can be in the future chargers they're going to lose today so the chargers we could do next week if we had to so 
Um, Jets is Jets is fine with me, but I do think we we kind of have a path. I can see the next couple weeks because we can we could do Jets, Commanders, and Chargers all in the next few weeks. I think if things play out the right, way they should. Right. So Jets, right. I'm cool with Jets. Jets is fine. All right, Jets. The the, the New York Jets, New York uh, football Gotham Jets are are off. They are gone. Um, and yeah, I think we'll wrap up the pod there for today. Uh, definitely went a little long today, but that's okay. We had some good conversation. Um. So, yeah, I think we'll wrap it up there for today. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. Of course, check out our website, thesmallballers.com, so you can stay up to date with all of our stuff that goes live. Follow us on Twitter, at TheSmallBaller, for the exact same reasons. Uh, Subscribe, leave a five-star review. And with that being said, thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. Go Falcons!